Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rome, Cell. This is Sunday, October 23rd, 2022, the 20th Sunday after Pentecost. The sermon is by Reverend Dr. Lynn Vanderop. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lecture is Brandy Neeter. Thank you to Brian and Jody James for sponsoring this week's broadcast in honor of their 30th wedding anniversary on October the 30th. Thank you for joining us today. You are the Lord of the earth and the heavens. You are the Lord of the sky and the sea. You are the Lord of the valleys and mountains. You are the Lord of me. You are the Lord of the rocks and the flowers. You are the Lord of the hills and the trees. You are the Lord of the days and the hours. You are the Lord of me. And I will praise you for all of the wonders you've done. And I will thank you for Jesus, your only Son. You are the Lord of the rocks and the flowers. You are the Lord of the hills and the trees. You are the Lord of the days and the hours. You are the Lord of me. And I will praise you for all of the wonders you've done. And I will thank you for Jesus, your only Son. You are the Lord of the earth and the heavens. You are the Lord of the sky and the sea. You are the Lord of the valleys and mountains. You are the Lord of me. You are the Lord of the rocks and the flowers. You are the Lord of the hills and the trees. You are the Lord of the days and the hours. You are the Lord of me. Good morning. Welcome to worship. I will be preaching on the Second Timothy text this morning. So as Brandy reads that, that's where we're heading this morning. So I invite you to uh, prepare your hearts for worship with our confession and forgiveness found on page 94 at the front part of your hymnal. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of our Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Mercy of us, receive us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your way to the Lord. 
In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for His sake, God forgives us all our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by His authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you to gather our gathering song, 714. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I invite you to our Kyrie on page 184.
Christ have mercy on our world and on our way. Christ have mercy every day. I invite you to stand as you are able for our canticle of praise. you to join your voices with mine in the prayer of the day that you'll find in your celebrate handout. Holy God, our righteous judge, daily our mercy surprises us with everlasting forgiveness. Strengthen our hope in you and grant that all the peoples of the earth may find their glory in you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. The first reading is from Jeremiah, chapter 14, verses 7 through 10 and 19 through 22, with the following preface. In a time of drought, the people pray for mercy, repenting of their sins and the sins of their ancestors. They appeal to God to remember the covenant, to show forth God's power, and to heal their land by sending life-giving rain. The reading. Although our iniquities testify against us, act, O Lord, for your name's sake. Our apostasies indeed are many, and we have sinned against you. O hope of Israel, its Savior in time of trouble, why should you be like a stranger in the land, like a traveler turning aside for the night? Why should you be like someone confused, like a mighty warrior who cannot give help? Yet you, O Lord, are in the midst of us, and we are called by your name. Do not forsake us. Thus says the Lord concerning this people. Truly they have loved to wander. They have not restrained their feet. Therefore the Lord does not accept them. Now he will remember their iniquity and punish their sins. Have you completely rejected Judah? Does your heart loathe Zion? Why have you struck us down so that there is no healing for us? We look for peace, but find no good, for a time of healing, but there is terror instead. We acknowledge our wickedness, O Lord, the iniquity of our ancestors, for we have sinned against you. Do not spurn us for your name's sake. 
Do not dishonor your glorious throne. Remember and do not break your covenant with us. Can any idols of the nations bring rain? Or can the heavens give showers? Is it not you, O Lord our God? We set our hope on you, for it is you who do all this. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning we're drawing from Psalm 84. I will play it once, sing it once, and then we can sing and sing the refrain together. Happy are the people whose strength is in you. And everybody? Happy are the people whose strength is in you. How dear to me is your dwelling, O Lord of hosts. My soul has a desire and longing for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh rejoice in the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest where she may lay her young. By the side of your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Happy are they who dwell in your house. They will always be praising you. Happy are the people whose strength is in you. Happy are the people whose strength is in you. Whose hearts are set on the pilgrim's way. Those who go through the balsam valley who find it a place of springs. For the early rains have covered it with pools of water. They will climb from height to height. And the God of gods will be seen in Zion. Happy The second reading is from 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8 and 16 through 18, with the following preface. The conclusion of this letter to a young minister offers a final perspective on life from one who faced death. Though others let him down, Paul was sure of his faith in the Lord, who stood by him and lent him strength. The reading. As for me... I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but all deserted me. May it not be counted against them. But the Lord stood by me and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and save me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. Gospel according to Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. 
Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all of my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. How about the kids come on forward? <laughs> come on up, don't leave me alone. Charge it up here, all right. How are you? Oh, going for the drama right there. Good job. Good morning, you guys. I have a question for you. Who knows how to ride a bike? Me. Okay, that's good. Who taught you how to ride a bike? My sister. Your sister? I just figured it out. Nice. <laughs> nice. How about you guys? Who taught you how to ride a bike? I figured yeah. it out. Who? Who taught you? Uh, my mom. Your mom did. Okay. You know who taught me to ride my bike? Who? My brother. I had three brothers, and the youngest of my brothers, who's just a little bit older than me, taught me how to ride a bike. He also taught me how to change oil in my car. I had another brother that taught me how to change a tire. And so when I was going to college, those little tidbits saved me some money because I didn't have to go to the garage to have my oil changed in my car. But you know what else that did for me? All those things that he taught me? It gave me confidence to do even more. So he taught me how to ride a bike. He taught me how to change oil. But it gave me confidence as a young lady to try other stuff. Would you believe that just a couple years ago, with all that knowledge and confidence that he put in me, that I was able to rebuild our snowblower? Right? And he taught me how to use power tools. And so I use all those things. And that's what Paul did for Timothy in our reading today. He taught him some things and then he told Timothy, go off and do a bunch of other stuff with that. To do greater and bigger things. So little pieces of knowledge that get given to us, we can take that and build on it. So that it goes from riding the bike to maybe one day rebuilding a snowblower. And it works. And I had all no extra parts after it was done. So that's what Paul is teaching us today, is to take the knowledge that people give to us and grow with it. Okay? So let's pray. Come around in a circle. Let's hold hands. Come around in a circle. Let's hold hands. All right, let's pray. So we bow our heads, right? Okay. Our Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you teach us, that you teach us directly and through all the people in our lives. We thank you for our brothers and sisters and moms and dads and uncles that teach us all sorts of great things and our grandparents that we can do even more with that knowledge. We thank you and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, go back to your families. You can go back. <laughs> you can stay too. <laughs> you might. <laughs> so those were all true stories. <laughs> you know, I had this vision in life.
that uh, by the end of life, I want to slide in the home plate head first, fingers just dusting over the edge of the home plate, and going, whoo! That was a ride. And I know that when I get to that home plate, that uniform that started out pretty clean is going to be tattered and stained, and it's been lived in. Paul's nearing the end of his life. He's sliding into home plate. And he's in a prison cell, and he's writing this letter to, to Timothy. And he's been mentoring Timothy for a few years now. And so, when we just look at this scripture that Brandy read just by itself, it sounds like Paul is kind of tooting his own horn. Look at what I did. But in the greater context of the whole letter, and that's what we always have to do with Scripture, is look to see what was said before it and what was after it so we have it in full context so that we just don't stand on one thing and say this is what it means. So in the big context of the letter, this is not about Paul tooting his own horn. It's about Paul in this culmination of life praising God for what God has done in his life and the faith that God has given him. And so Paul has been mentoring Timothy in the scriptures. He's been mentoring him in faith and in love and in teaching so that Timothy might continue and teach the word of God to others. This passage in the entire letter of Timothy is really about faith. And Pastor Wade has been preaching the last few weeks and touching on this concept of faith. And it is the foundation to what we believe. Faith is so important. And I want to continue on that vein today and lift up this idea of faith, of what it is, where does it come from, and what does it look like in action. And so what is faith? I had an amazing professor in seminary, Dirk Lang. He taught us worship. And this is what he said about faith. And it's, it stuck with me. He says, faith is not faith in one's own ability, but God's faith planted within us, despite the upheavals and setbacks and failures of life, into faithful workers in the vineyard. Faith is not faith in one's own ability, but God's faith planted within us that turns us, despite the upheavals and setbacks and failures in life, into faithful workers in the vineyard. So it's something that's implanted within us. And we know the author of Hebrews says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Faith takes us into the future. Faith takes us into the future, to the things that we don't see yet. And it's imparted by God. So where does it come from? Faith is wholly a gift from God. Completely a gift from God. And it's made manifest in us through the power of the Holy Spirit by the grace of Jesus Christ. So it's something implanted in us by God that's made manifest by the Holy Spirit. It comes to life through the Holy Spirit and it's given to us because of the grace of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. So it's this amazing thing that fuels our life from the first day to when we're sliding into home base with our fingers touching that home plate. It's what fuels us and gets us to that point. I always look to Martin Luther because he has a lot to say about faith. He says in his large catechism, he says, Therefore we believe in him who daily brings us into this community through the word and imparts, increases, and strengthens faith through the same word and the forgiveness of sins. 
So it's only through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and by no means of our own that we come to faith. And in our daily living out our baptismal promise. So it's just not this intellectual pursuit because God's mystery is way too big for us to figure that one out. God's mystery is way too great. And so Luther reminds us it's more a matter of the heart and the soul through the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us and through us. This gift of grace through faith enlivens in us the knowledge that there is something so much greater than us. So much greater than us. Something tingles within us that we know that there's something much bigger and greater than ourselves. So it's a matter of the heart and soul and a little bit of this brain working. Right? So since Timothy, since his childhood, he had been raised in the Christian teachings. We're told in the first chapter of this letter to, Paul, to uh, Timothy, Paul writes, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I am sure, lives in you. First in his grandmother, then in his mother, and then in him. We are all here because someone shared their faith and knowledge of Jesus Christ with us. Right? We are all here because someone that came before us taught us something about Jesus, and that's why we're here. For me, it was my mom. She'll be 91 on Thursday. She is my earthly hero, amazing woman, who taught me more about what is important in life than anyone else on the planet. For that, I am eternally grateful. You learn stuff, you pick it up, and you even do more with it. My mom never went to seminary, but she should have, could have, and knows more than all of us that went to seminary, and she's taught more Bible studies than I will ever do in the remaining days on this planet. Faithful living gets passed on, and that's why we're here, because it happens in community. It gets passed on to us in community. And so Paul reminds Timothy of that very fact. He says, just before our scripture passage today, it says, but for you, continue in what you have learned, firmly believing, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from your childhood you have known the sacred writing that was able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So Paul speaks of faith as this long tradition from generation to generation. And isn't that what you celebrated in your 150th anniversary? The faith of generation to generation is captured on that quilt. The faithfulness of those that come before us that pass it on. The practices, the traditions, the beliefs. There's a legacy in this place. Gift of faith from God to each one of us. And so what does faith look like when it's in action? I've always said to my other congregations, faith is a verb. It desires to be done. It's a verb. It's an action word. It should be used. It's kind of like a muscle. You've got to build it up. You've got to use it to build it up. And so Luther, again, he writes in his confession in 1528, he says, the Holy Spirit comes and gives himself to us also. Holy and completely, he teaches us to understand this deed of Christ, which has been manifested to us, helps us receive it and perceive it, use it to our advantage, and impart it to others. Increase and extend it. So the Holy Spirit comes and abides, lives within us, 
imparting this amazing knowledge of who our Creator is and the deeds of Christ that were done on our behalf and awakens this gift of faith in us so that we can share the gift for the common good of all, to spread and extend the good news to everyone. It's, it was like that message I gave to the children. My brother gave me a few trinkets of knowledge that were the building blocks to be able to do other things. From riding a bike to changing my oil to say, yeah, I can do that. I got the ability to do that, so maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do that. Maybe I could rebuild my own deck. Ah, did that too. Because he imparted knowledge to me and, and did a little bit more. Those are just worldly things. But the Holy Spirit does that for us and imparts this faith in us of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And we take that knowledge, it launches us into what we don't see and gives us faith and hope in a future, in a world that could use a whole lot of that. A whole lot of faith and a whole lot of hope. Paul says, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And then he says, I was able to do all of that because the Lord stood by me and gave me strength that through me the message might be fully proclaimed to all that might hear it. I was rescued but from the lion's mouth the Lord will rescue me he says from every attack to him be glory forever and ever. I have fought the good fight <clears throat> I have finished the race I have kept the faith. He talks about life being a battle that's an understatement isn't it? My uniform, I'm rounding second base now, right? I'm not, hopefully, Lord willing, not dusting my fingers over home plate too soon. But my 57 years on the planet, as I'm rounding around second base, that uniform is starting to have a lot of tears in it. And there's some scars on it. But it's faith in Christ for what he did on the cross for me and for you that gets us continuing around to third base and into home plate. I was widowed at 41 years old after 20 years of marriage. And I said to God, wow, this, is, this sucks. I didn't ask for this. It was hard. It took me off the rail tracks that we were on together and completely disrailed me. Completely off the tracks. And in prayer one night, I says, God, I can praise you when things are going well. Now I've got to praise you when things are pretty darn tough. And it was the hope and the faith that's been instilled in me from generations and through my mom that taught me all those things. And through my pastors, my seminary profs, and all of the people that have come before me, my teachers, that allowed me to hang on to the faith that God put in my heart as a gift to me. And so as we traverse these days in our world that seem completely upside down, we need to hang on to the faith because that is the faith that launches us into the future of hope. And as Christians, that's our strength, is the faith in Jesus Christ. So, with that, on this day, I encourage you to fan into flame the gift of faith fan it into flame get a burning inside of you there is hope there is a future and God's in it with us share that gift with others because it makes a difference teach our littles in Sunday school because it makes a difference Teach them at home. Teach them when they're sitting with you in the combine. Teach them in the car when you're driving to sports. So that all of us can slide into home plate 
and go, whoa, that was a ride. Amen. I invite you to sing our hymn of the day. you to stand as you are able as we confess our faith in the Apostles' Creed found on page 105 or the back panel of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. For our prayers of intercession, you'll find those in your celebrate. To my words, hear us, O God, I'd ask that you respond. Your mercy is great. Let us pray. In gratitude and humility, let us join together in prayer on behalf of all of God's creation. God of mercy, you are in our midst of us and we are called by your name. Inspire your church to serve and love all people with unceasing grace you extend to us. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God of all creation, you form the world where even the sparrow finds a home. Preserve the beauty and diversity of all creatures with whom we share this earth. Lead us to protect all living things. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. God of peace, you are an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Rescue families and nations torn apart by violence and warfare. Unite all people toward common goals of reconciliation and peace for every person. Hear us, O God. God of hope, you stand with the suffering and give strength. Comfort your people filled with fear and anxiety, anger or shame. Bring healing to all who are sick in body, mind, and spirit. We especially lift to the Lord Carol, Marilyn, Teresa, Henry,
Kalinda, Gwen, Sandy, Charles, Ed, and Carlene. And Lord, we ask for your hedge of protection around our congregational sons serving in our military, Ben Harms, David Frankfurt, Trevor Owen, and Dustin Starn. Hear us, O oh God. God of restoration, you call to us to trust in you and not ourselves alone. Make this congregation a community of humility and repentance, ready to encounter you in love and follow in your ways. Hear us, O God. God of eternal life, to you be glory forever. We give you thanks for all who have fought the good fight, finished the race, kept the faith, and now live with you. Hear us, O God. With grateful hearts, we commend our spoken and silent prayers to you, O God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Peace of the Lord be with you. Also with you. We'll collect our noisy offerings, so we'll call all the kids forward. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Use us and what we have gathered in feeding the world with your love. Through the one who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Gathered to one, we pray as Jesus taught. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not to temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> Any announcements from anyone? Yes, ma'am. I'll just say it here. The, uh, after the Harvest Festival, which was really great, we have a lot of food leftovers. So go to the social hall and in the side hall and inside of our floor out there. So coleslaw, cranberry salad, free will offerings. Don't let it go to waste. So go get some. So go eat is what she said. Yes. Good. Wonderful. Well, we certainly want to thank uh, Brian and Jody James for sponsoring our radio broadcast. They'll be celebrating their 30th wedding anniversary on October 30th. I want to say just a personal thank you from Roland and I for making us feel like a part of you um, as we became members here. Um, thank you for your hospitality to us and the love that you have shown us. So thank you for that. The rest of all the announcements are in your bulletin, so I'll let you read them and take them with you. So, on with that, receive this blessing. The God who gives life to all things and frees us from despair, bless you with truth and peace, and may the Holy Trinity, one God, guide you always in faith, hope, and love. Amen. Our sending hymn is great, is thy faithfulness.
go in peace with Christ beside you. Thanks be to God. Liturgy, copyright 2021, Augsburg Fortress, all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license, number A-729734, all rights reserved.